Well, hello and welcome to Vaughn Forest. If we haven't had a chance to meet, my name's Adam, one of the pastors here. It's great to see so many of you here on our campus. Let me welcome everybody joining us online. We're wrapping up our Now is the Time teaching series today, and uh, I am excited to get to do that. But it's been a fun day so far um, here at Vaughn Forest. Obviously, what a great worship set our worship team just led us in. But let me give you kind of a uh, behind-the-scenes tour of some things that I got to see this morning here on our campus. Okay, first of all, we opened our new fourth and fifth grade life group room. And um, it is awesome. And all of you who gave to our Now is the Time special offering, thank you for that. We're going to have some pictures we're going to share, some videos we'll share here in the next few weeks. But um, since I'm the pastor, every now and then I get to play the, the pastor privilege card and go to the fourth and fifth grade room, right? So I went to the fourth and fifth grade rooms and uh, played a little ball with the boys. They learned about Jesus too. It's okay. Don't worry. Okay. And then I went in the fourth and fifth grade girls room and uh, they proceeded to kick me out very quickly, but not before they gave me this super cool pink little tiny miniature party. Now, I'm not sure why they're miniature. I didn't have the time to ask nor care to hear 15 fifth grade girls explain to me why. But anyway, I told them that I would wear this while I, I did not tell them that. I told them that I would bring it out and show them the celebration. And for whatever reason, they thought that was awesome. So get one last good look at it. I'm putting it away or you will all be distracted for the rest of the service. So that was kind of fun. The other thing I got to do was um, crash our Discover Von Forest. I guess I didn't technically crash it because I think I was on the agenda, but let me explain. Discover Von Forest. If you've uh, started kind of attending and got connected to our church family in the last year or so, there's a good chance you came to a Discover Vaughn Forest. And uh, what we did about every six to eight weeks, we would do a lunch after the 11 o'clock service and we're super fancy. So we'd order Papa John's pizza and we'd sit around and we'd eat pizza and we'd get to know each other and uh, share a little bit about the church and hear a little bit about from you. And um, it, it, was, it was cool. The challenge was we, they kept growing and that's good because we want more new people at our church, but you get, we had 30, 40, one time we had 57 people at Discover Vaughn Forest. And so what happens is it becomes a little more challenging to actually accomplish what we were going for, which is getting to know everybody. So we tried something new today. So during the 930 service, um, Chad, who was out here a little earlier in our service, and then Hardy, who is our executive pastor of operations, they led a Discover Vaughn Forest during the 930 service. And we intentionally kind of kept it uh, smaller. I think they had 11 people. And so I got to go hang out with them for a little while during the service before I came out here to teach. And then they shared kind of about the life of our church, the history of our church. And listen to this, they took them on a tour. So they got to go around and they came backstage. They didn't like walk across the stage. There's other doors. And so they went backstage. They met with the worship team. They went and talked to Morgan, our kids minister, about kids ministry. They went and talked to Matt Aldridge about student ministry and um, really kind of got a, a feel for the life of our church. And so I was asking Chad, like, how'd it go? And he's like, man, it was awesome. He's like, I think we're going to keep doing it that way. So I'm like, that's fantastic. So listen, if you're new, maybe you're just checking out Vaughn Forest, we'll have another one of those um, coming up here in the next four or five weeks to get signed up for it. It'll be a great way to kind of get a behind the scenes look of everything that's happening and the life of our church. And um, it's just awesome. What an exciting time. And it's fun to see all that God is doing. Now, if you're just jumping in, you're like, what's now is the time? We have been um, in these initiatives since the middle of November. Uh, those of us who call Vaughn Forest home gave sacrificially to a special offering called Now is the Time, five ministry initiatives for 2023. And then on Sundays during January, we've been talking about those initiatives. Why from God's word do we think that this matters and why is this important? And uh, then we're talking about how we're actually gonna go about accomplishing the initiatives in the new year. So if you've missed any of those messages, they are all posted, vaughnforest.com or our Vaughn Forest YouTube channel. And um, like I said, we're gonna wrap that up today. But before I do, I gotta give you a little bit of a preview of where we're going next week. Next Sunday, we're kicking off a brand new series called Weathering Life Storms, Life Lessons from the Teachings of Jesus. And here's what I know about you, and here's what I know about people in our community who don't know Jesus. Everybody faces a storm. 
Storms can come in a number of areas of our life, whether it's parenting, marriage, financial storms, storms with our physical health. And oftentimes when we face a storm is when we are most open to God in our lives. So my prayer for this teaching series is that people in our community who don't know Jesus, who are not connected to a local church, would see there's actually hope when you face a storm. And that hope is not a church. That hope is found in and through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And here at Vaughn Forest Church, we want to point people to Jesus. And so, look, we're, we're, we're going all out to try to make sure everybody in our community knows that they are invited to join us next Sunday. You might have got something in the mail this week. You may have seen a billboard driving around. I think we got some banners out front. And, and so we're kind of doing the best we can to kind of, you know, put out the invitation. But can I challenge you? to invite someone, because honestly, that's going to go a lot further than, than us kind of putting banners out and putting stuff in the mail. Like, we didn't go around and open people's mailboxes. We paid for the postage. I don't want to give the wrong impression, okay? But I want to challenge you. Who do you know? Maybe you're a student, got a classmate. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's somebody you work with. Maybe it's a family member who lives here locally. Listen, I'm not asking you to invite people who are already connected to churches. Or we're all on the same team. This is kingdom work. Who do you know who doesn't know Jesus? And could you invite them to join you this next Sunday? I'm going to give a really clear gospel presentation next Sunday. It would be a great day for somebody to be here who doesn't know Jesus. And we're going to pray that they respond and they receive salvation in and through Jesus Christ. But even if they don't make that decision next Sunday, you'll now have something you can reference back to in conversations with them as you continue to build that relationship with them. So again, let me challenge you to be here next Sunday. Let me challenge you to be in prayer for next Sunday. Um, I think God's going to use it in great ways. Before today, let's wrap up. Now is the time. Here's the initiative we're going to talk about. One of the initiatives, again, for our Now is the Time this year. And many of you who call Vaughn Forest home, you've heard this, you've seen this. We're going to talk about it today, why it matters from God's perspective. Now is the time to continue to serve the communities of Pike Road and East Montgomery with no strings attached so that we can reach the mission field God is bringing to us. Now let's leave this up here for a second and talk about what we mean. What's our story as a church? So 1994, Vaughn Forest Church was planted by First Baptist Montgomery. If you're new to Montgomery, you're new to the River Region, First Baptist is located downtown phenomenal church, been doing a great kingdom work for many, many years. And Pastor Jay Wolf and a team of people had the vision to say, we need a gospel work out in East Montgomery. So again, this would have been 94, East Chase, Wind Lakes had been developed about 10 to 15 years earlier. A lot of growth was headed this way, happening this way, and predicted to continue this way. And so God led them in his sovereignty, and they were sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and they were obedient, and they started this new work. And a lot of churches in the Montgomery Baptist Association gave to get this work started, again, back in 1994. And this church, from its inception, the goal has been to reach people who needed Jesus. And this is not a perfect church, but this church has never lost its mission. And East Montgomery has grown substantially since 1994. Now, what's happened in the last five to 10 years? Well, in the last five to 10 years, Pike Road has experienced explosive growth. And if you live in Pike Road, or if your kids are in the Pike Road schools, I don't have to tell you about the growth that's happening in Pike Road. So, so what's God up to? What has God been up to? What has God done in the past? What is God doing now? What does God want to continue to do in the future? Well, think about this for a second. God positioned Vaughn Forest Church literally at a perfect location. I mean, if we were a mile further east, we would have a Pike Road address. So here we sit at the cusp of East Montgomery and Pike Road. They're both growing. And if you live in a community where a lot of new people are moving in, it can create headaches. I mean, it can create more traffic and, and, and the teacher to student ratio can get thrown off in schools. I know how all of that works. But here's how we look at this as God's people. Oh, we get fired up. Why do we get fired up? Because what God is doing is he's bringing the mission field to us. 
And we feel like that's a really good thing because now we get to point them to Jesus. And we feel like serving our community with no strings attached is one of the ways, ultimately, that we can begin to point people to Jesus so that eventually we can share the good news of the gospel message with them. Okay, so what we're going to do today is we're going to look biblically then. Why does that matter that we serve our community and serve our community in a way where we don't expect anything in return? And the way we say that around here is no strings attached. So I'm going to take you to a passage in God's Word that I think gives us really good guidance, and that's from Luke chapter 10. So if you have a Bible, we're going to start in verse 25 of Luke chapter 10. If you don't have a Bible, we'll put all the verses up here on the screen for you. And this is a story you've probably heard before. It's the story of the Good Samaritan. And it's a story that we have some familiarity with, but I think hidden in this story are the principles for why serving our community matters, okay? So let me read the entire story. It's gonna take a minute, hang with me, and then we're gonna back up, work our way through it, and we're gonna point out the principles that guide us biblically for serving people in our community. Are you ready? Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? Jesus replied, how do you read it? Look what the guy says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So he gives a really good answer. That's what Jesus says. You answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this, and you will live. But this guy, he wanted to make a point. He wasn't good enough just to get that answer from Jesus. So this expert in the law wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said to him. So let's talk about this for a second. Jesus is about to tell a story. The guy asks a question, who is my neighbor? Jesus responds with a story. And the story, if you're new to the Bible, is called a parable. The Gospel of Luke has lots of parables in it. A parable, if you ever, like, what's a parable? Here's a, here's a good definition of a parable. It's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So Jesus is going to tell a story that everybody understands. They're familiar with where he's talking about, the people, the places, the, the circumstances. But the point of the story is to reveal to us something about the nature of God or to reveal to us something about what looking like a follower of Jesus is actually supposed to look like. And in this story, in this parable, we're going to see both of those things happen. So again, guy asks a question, Jesus is gonna tell a story. So in reply, Jesus says, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, they beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. When he saw the man, he passed by onto the other side. So to a Levite, this would have been a temple assistant who was also kind of working in ministry. When he came to the place and he saw him, he also passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan. Now, the time Jesus said Samaritan, everybody would have kind of paused because Samaritans and Jews, they did not get along. In fact, you could say there was even some hatred there. So for the Samaritan to be the hero of the story is irony, and Jesus was really intentional about calling this man in the story Samaritans. Everybody knew this is who this is. A Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, and he bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Now, which of these do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? Is Jesus now asking the question, and the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him, Jesus told him, go and do 
likewise. If you're on our campus, there's some message notes inside your bulletin. Go ahead, grab those, get them, get them ready. We're going to work through this story. If you're joining us online, uh, you can access those message notes at vaughnforest.com or through the Vaughn Forest Church app. But in this story, I believe there are four principles, okay? And these four principles answer the question, why? Why is it that we focus on our community? And I think the example that the Good Samaritan sets and Jesus telling the story with the intentionality that he did should guide us today. So we're going to work our way back through it. I'm going to give you a principle. We're going to talk about the story. Then we're going to talk about what that matters, why that matters to us today as we focus on our community. Okay, so you ready? We're going to take some notes. Here we go. Number one, first reason we focus on our community is we want the point of ministry to be people, not Ministry. Now, I'm not trying to play semantics here. Hear me out. If we're not careful, the point of ministry can soon just become ministry or all the ministries that we do instead of the people that the ministries were designed to reach. The irony of the story is that the priest, who understands ministry because he's a priest, walks right past the very ministry that God had for him that day. And this priest knew better. I mean, he had been trained. He knew that the point of ministry was people. He knew that you were supposed to go out of your way to love and serve people. In fact, let me share a verse with you that he would have known. This is from the Old Testament, Leviticus. The stranger who resides with you shall be to you as the native among you, and you shall love him as yourself. This priest knew this verse, but what's happening? He's on his way to do something, and he misses the person that God has right in front of him. And it's easy for us to go, I can't believe that. I mean, I can't believe that a priest would do that. I can't believe that a Levite would do that. But, but church, here's the thing. If we're not careful, it can be easy for us to make the same mistake, to get so caught up in the ministries of Vaughn Forest Church that we forget who the ministries are actually for. So I didn't put this in your notes, but let me kind of just share three kind of thoughts to kind of help guide us and kind of keep us on track so that we don't make this mistake. How do we make sure the point of ministry is people, not ministry? Well, the point of this ministry, Vaughn Forest Church, is to reach people with the gospel and disciple them into becoming fully developing followers of Jesus. That's been the point of this church from its inception. And listen, we're not a perfect church, but we're going to let that keep guiding us. We're going to stay on mission. So we're going to reach people with the gospel and then help disciple them. And did you notice the phrase, fully developing we're not fully developed followers of Jesus this side of eternity. It's a lifelong journey of discipleship, of spiritual growth. We've talked about this, that in this teaching series. So, so what does that mean? The point of our kids' ministry is to reach people with the gospel and disciple them into fully developing followers of Jesus. That's the same for our student ministry. That's the same for our production ministry. That's the same for our worship team. That's the same for our worship services. The, the, the ministries that make up Vaughn Forest Church are all serving this greater purpose, which is to reach people in our community who need to meet Jesus and then help them grow into fully developing disciples. Let me give you the second thought. Yeah, keep us on track. It's not enough to know the demographics of our community. We want to know the names and the faces of the people in our community. I just told you about a bunch of growth, lots of growth that are hap that's happening, okay? And community, when you really stop and think about it, like it, it's kind of an umbrella, catch-all word. The point of a community is the people who live in the community. So we can't just know a lot of fun facts about our community. We've got to actually know the people who live in the community, know their names, recognize their faces, know their stories, spend the time to build friendships and relationships with them. And it's so easy for a church to get so caught up in the ministries that it offers and the people who live in the community drive right by the church every single day and don't know anything about it. 
And if that church disappeared next week, it wouldn't matter to anybody in the community because that church isn't doing anything for the people who it's actually been placed there to reach. And I'm gonna say something that probably will get me in trouble, but, but I'm not trying to call out anybody specifically. I'm just trying to call out some things, okay? So every now and then, I'm just gonna call out some things. So let's just call out a few things, okay? In the church world, again, not intended for any particular church. Do not send me your emails, okay? In the church world, it can be easy to fall into the trap of caring about notoriety from other churches more than the people in your own community who you've been called to reach. Just seen it. Pastors are the worst at this. I know, I am one, so I can talk about this, okay? As a pastor, it's tempting, and a lot of pastors give in to this, to care more about what other pastors think about you than your lost neighbor who lives down the street from you. And what we've been called to do, church, is not get so caught up in ministry that we miss out on the very people who desperately need to meet Jesus and they're all around us. And and, and the goal of all of this is not just to know that's a fact, it's to actually know them, to know their faces, to know their names, to build relationships with them. Here's the third thing, kind of keep us on track. Knowing a lot about Jesus is one thing. Showing the love of Jesus to the people in our community who don't know him is another thing. Now look, we're in the Old Testament times, and so, you know, priest guy, he, he's kind of thinking about God and he's kind of thinking about ministry and he's kind of thinking about this and thinking about that and he misses the ministry and, and all that. And when I say Old Testament times, what I mean is Jesus hasn't died on the cross yet. Jesus hasn't risen from the grave yet. Jesus is doing his earthly ministry. He's telling this parable. So the priest that he's using, he kind of knows all the things he's supposed to know about the Bible and know all the things he's supposed to know about God, but he's not necessarily showing that love. Can I tell you, sometimes we can do the same thing. Nothing wrong with knowing about Jesus. I mean, I'd be a hypocrite if I told you not to learn more about Jesus. I teach the Bible, okay? But if your knowledge of Jesus isn't leading you to show people the love of Jesus, you might need to reevaluate the Jesus you're learning about. Because the Jesus I see presented in God's word is the Jesus who says, I came to do the will of the Father, which was to seek and save those who are lost. In church, one of the best ways that we show lost people what the love of Jesus looks like is to actually show them that type of love. And does it take time? Yes. Can it get messy from time to time? Absolutely. Is effort required? Of course. But it's what we have been called to. The point of ministry is not ministry. The point of ministry is people. Number two, if you're taking notes, why do we do this? We want to respond to needs that exist, not needs that we think exist. Again, this is an easy mistake to make as a church. We're gonna start this new ministry. We're gonna do this. We're gonna build that. It's gonna be awesome. We're gonna meet this great need. But what if that need doesn't really exist? Let's go back to our story. I think it's interesting to see how this all unfolds. So this guy, this is the condition that they've left him in. They got beaten up, left on the side of the road. It says they stripped him of his clothes. They beat him and they went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. Now, why is he passing by on the other side? Is it because he doesn't want to meet needs? I don't think so. I think it's because he doesn't recognize the need that's in front of him. And can I tell you about needs? They tell you what they need. What did this guy need? He needed somebody to help him. He needed what the Good Samaritan did for him. And there's not a handbook for that. There's not a training you have to go through. It's just the need and it's here. And yes, it might interrupt your day. And yes, it may not be convenient. And yes, it may not fit your schedule, but it's a need. And and when it comes to reaching a community and serving our community, what we don't ever wanna do is assume we know what the needs are. So we don't sit around in meetings with dry erase boards and go, let's try to figure out what the needs in our community are. We don't do, we don't do it that way. We go to the people on the front lines. We, we talk to teachers. We talk to coaches. We talk to administrators. We talk to business leaders. We talk to other pastors and ministries in our same community, and we ask them, 
Hey, what's the greatest need you're seeing? Hey, what's the greatest need you have right now? And how could our church help be a part of meeting that need? I was reminded of this just this past Tuesday night. I was at a meeting at Pikeridge High School with the superintendent and some other parents talking about the schools and talking about different things. And it was a great discussion. And some of the things he said that were needs, I would have never even thought of. And there was a couple of them that he mentioned that I began to think, I bet, we could, I bet we could be a part of solving that need. I bet Vaughn Forrest could help lead the way. We may not be able to solve the whole need, but I bet we could help. I and mean, we've got this now as a time offering. Our people have been generous and we, we've raised the money. Now we just need to find out where the needs are. And what I'm hearing is I think there's a big need. I think we could be a part of that need. So I did what I always do when I have all those thoughts running with my head. I met with Hardy. And so I met with Hardy and I said, hey, here's something I heard. Like, what do you think? And he's like, I'll get back with you. And I love that about Hardy. He'll get back with me this week and he'll say, Hey, here's some things we can do to help meet that need. Praise God. That's awesome. So let's find out what the needs are and then let's meet them. I, was, I learned the power of this early on in ministry. So let me take it back to the spring of 2001. What were you doing in the spring of 2001? Okay, long time ago. So I was a student pastor in the spring of 2001 and fortunate enough to work at a church that this was kind of what they told us to do. Hey, go meet with coaches and principals and teachers and find out what the needs are. So this was kind of just a rhythm of you know, how I did ministry. So I'm talking to a principal, one of the schools that we ministered to and had students from and all the things and the public school there in our community. And I said, hey, what's the biggest need you have right now at your school? And she said, character education. I said, interesting. I said, unpack that for me. She said, well, our, our students are doing great. We got good test scores and good graduation rates and good college acceptance rates. She's like, but, but just the, the, ed, the character of our student body, year after year, I'm just watching it diminish and a lot of these kids aren't getting that at home and I just wish there was a way we could do this and I've got a couple of ideas and I'm like, let's talk. And so she starts running past me and basically what she said was, would you be willing to write a curriculum, a character education-based curriculum that we could teach in all of our classes once a month. I said, let me pray about it. Yes. And so like, I absolutely said, yes, I'll do that. So me and some other student pastors, we got together and we wrote this curriculum and it got approved by the school board. And so then that fall, we got to start going in once a month. We did a big breakfast and then we would split up. And there was about 25 or 30 of us that were pastors, um, student pastors, lead pastors, all the things. And we got assigned a classroom. We would go into the classroom and we would teach a character education lesson, about 30 minute lesson. And then we would go about our day. So that was the plan for this school year. On September 11th, 2001, I was in a classroom with 10th grade students in a public high school when the planes flew into the Twin Towers, along with 30 other pastors at the same campus in classrooms with students. And the administrators came around to every classroom and said, would you guys just stay for the rest of the day and help us with these students and everything they're processing? And of course we said, absolutely. And what I saw that day and what has been permanently just in my mind and in my heart for however many years the Lord gives me here on this earth is that sometimes when you meet a need that exists that you didn't even know existed, God opens up some opportunities for you to do ministry that otherwise would not have been there. So when we say let's meet needs that exist, we've already seen what God can do when we show up and say, hey, what's the need and how can we help, okay? Let me give you the third reason that we do community ministry this way. We want to serve with no strings attached. We don't expect anything in return. People who don't know Jesus, people who aren't connected to a church, most of them think that the church wants something from them. What's the catch? And we believe to our core that God wants something for you because he created you in his image. 
we believe God loves people so much that he sacrificed his only son for them on the cross. And we really believe that if we'll serve with no strings attached, maybe some of the walls that have started to build up around someone's heart can start to fall down. See, serving someone with no strings attached doesn't lead that person to being saved. What it does is we're trying to cooperate with God to, to move in their life so that they become more receptive towards the gospel message that eventually will be spoken in their lives. Now, why do we do the no strings attached where we don't expect anything in return? Well, we get that from this story that we're studying today. So let's go back and look at it. The next day he, who's he? This is the good Samaritan. He took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when I return, you can pay me back the two denarii with interest. No, that's not what he says, is it? Nothing in return. He says, when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. That's generosity. I'm gonna meet this need now. I don't expect anything in return. And oh, by the way, if another need presents itself, I'll meet that need too. That's serving with no strings attached. And recently, we've just been able to see how God has been using that. And if you call Vaughn Forest home, you need to know that God is using that and he is using you. So let me tell you what this looks like in pastor world, okay? In pastor world, which I know is a strange world that, that you know, only a few of us live in, okay? But in pastor world, when a church serves a community with no strings attached, the people in the community thank the pastor, okay? They do. They thank me. And half the time, I didn't even have anything to do with it. It was, it was y'all or it was one of our other pastors on the team. But, but they thank me. And recently I was just thinking about this. I don't need to be the person that everybody keeps thinking. I, I need our church family to hear a thank you because none of this happens without your generosity and giving. And many of you give of your financial resources, yes, but you also give of your time. You, you give of your talent, you give of your abilities. And as we have been serving our community with no strings attached, there's a lot of people that it's affecting. And recently, Chad was able to sit down with some of the administrators from a couple of the Pike Road schools and Coach Rigby, the head football coach of Pike Road High School football team. And they were able to just say thank you. And we thought it would be really good for you to get to hear that to show you the difference that you're making. So take a look at this video. One of our values here at Vaughn Forest Church is serving our community with no strings attached. And one of my favorite ways that we get to do that, to serve our community, is serving the Pike Road school systems. Recently, I had the opportunity to sit down with a couple of folks that work in the Pike Road school system and talk about the impact that Vaughn Forest Church has had in our community and some ways that we can continue to serve in the future. My name is Dr. Bonnie Sullivan. I'm principal here at Pike Road Intermediate School with the Pike Road City School System. We love Vaughn Forest. Um, the partnership with them when I first came on as principal was huge. They were super excited, super helpful, just reached out to me through email, phone call, even got to know some of the parents that attend Vaughn Forest and their children. Um, but they ended up helping us so much, even with our facilities, they'll come help paint, they'll help lay pine straw, they provide treats for our teachers that help boost morale. So we are just thankful and so happy to have a partnership with Vaughn Forest. You know, I sat down and tried to make a list of all the things that Vaughn Forest has done to support us just while I've been, been principal at Pike Road High School. And I, I really kept having, to, kept, kept having to add to the list. Last year at graduation, when I think it rained every day in May last year and graduation was, was expected to be on the football field, an immediate pivot 
was needed to get graduation indoors. And, and I heard Vaughn Forrest stepped up and held the graduation ceremony, so that was great. After I was hired, we needed a venue for the football state championship ring ceremony. Um, Hardy had reached out and said, hey, just wanna introduce myself. Let me serve you guys however we can called Hardy. He said, absolutely, we'll make it happen. Um, so we've got that from Love Week, the beginning of the school year where Von Forrest came and helped clean up the outdoor of our facility, pressure washing, flower beds, needed some funding to get the carpet cleaned in the front office. You know, Hardy said, I'll get you a check to do it. The, the church has a service mentality. Hey, we, we're, we're having a banquet. Hey, come on up here and do it. You know, and it's not just us. Your calendar is littered with things from the school system. It's different here. Pike Road is different. It's different in the way there's this huge sense of community pride that you don't see everywhere. You know, people have lived in X community forever. You know, you lose that. Here comes Vaughn Forrest. Hey, we want, how can we help? And the first meeting the night that we met up in the field house and you know, what can we do for y'all? And that was exactly what it's been, the relationship. It's never been, coach, can you do this for us? It's always, what can we do for y'all? And not just the sports thing, because I see the stuff beyond that. It is encouraging to know that we have partners like you guys. Without having partners in the community behind the schools 100%, that helps increase our success, which also goes down to student achievement, student success, student activities. We have so many parents that help out through different activities that we have here, through robotics, through art, through um, anything that we have going on. We even had a talent show that parents were able to, you know, encourage their children to participate in. And we got that whole true community feel. But when you have those strong community partnerships, that's really what makes the school system work. And Vaughn Forest has provided that partnership and that community experience that we look forward to every year. Community involvement is astronomical here in Pike Road Schools, and it's it's very, very important. So it takes a village to raise a child. Here we have 1,250 kids on this campus, so it, you can imagine the size of the village we need. The podcast, a lot of the stuff that we accomplished this year of getting the name out of Pike Road, the football program, and what our kids are doing and all that couldn't have happened without the podcast. And to give up time weekly when there's so much going on to talk about the football game from last Friday and the football games coming up and to bring on the volleyball, to bring on the principal, to bring on all these different folks, you know, to talk about what they do, that's not the norm. You know, Vaughn Forrest, again, just like the Pike Road community, it's not the norm. The, the, you know, there, there's nobody twisting my arm to say this. This is what reality is. It, it's different. You know, we have a system called Sky Coach. We film the game. We've got an end zone film. We've got a, a sideline film and we're filming the game and that's being projected to iPad on the sideline. It's being projected to iPad up top. And you can take that and be able to make corrections as the kids come off the field. After struggling for weeks with it, I mentioned it one day on the podcast, or after the podcast, and look who shows up that afternoon, Vaughn Forest Church and the tech folks. And not just got it worked out and it worked perfect the rest of the year, but hey coach, I see you're missing this, 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 and this. And here, here, you know, the very next day shows up with a bag of the stuff of have this as backups because these are the things you have problems with. That bag is still in the box and we never needed it. What church does that? After hours, hey, let's come on out and let's figure this out for you. Hook it up, let's roll. 
the support that we've received here. You know, when, when I was named principal, I immediately started getting messages just, hey, I'm praying for you. Can't wait to have you up here in Pike Road. Now that I'm here daily, you know, it's people reaching out. Hey, just want to say uh, thanks for coming back today. Like, I'm praying for you. Um, so it, it is, it's unique for sure. I always used to tell people, like, I grew up in a Baptist church, and so I would um, hear missionaries that would come in, and I used to think, oh, I'd love to be a missionary one day. But it dawned on me that that school is our mission field, and um, and we need all the support we can, the prayers, the work, the financial support. It takes, it absolutely takes um, a village. I get to come to work every day, and I know that there's somebody praying for us. You know, I've always been supported like that in my leadership roles, but it, it feels different here. It feels like it's a genuine, um, what can we do to serve you with no strings attached. Isn't that awesome? So cool to see. So I'm grateful for uh, Principal Manus, Principal Sullivan, Coach Rigby to sit down and take the time just to let you know the difference you're making. So um, listen to this. I'm almost standing here to tell some stories now. So Matt Aldridge, our new student pastor, right? So Matt played college football. And if, you, if you've run into Matt in the lobby, that is not a surprise, okay? So um, he looks like he played college football. And so Coach Rigby, when we introduced Matt, and he said, man, come on up here, you know, a couple mornings a week, work out with the guys, you know, build some relationships with the football team. And so uh, Matt comes in the office one day this past week. He's like, hey man, I'm up there working out this morning football team. And guess who like walks into the locker room and starts talking to me? I'm like, who? He's like, Dabo Sweeney from Clemson, like walked in. And I said, well, did you ask him where Kirby Smart was? He goes, no, I didn't ask him that, right? So, uh, so Dabo Sweeney's like in there hanging out. I'm like, did you meet him? He's like, yeah. And so then I look and like two days later, like Nick Saban, you know, is in there and hanging out and, and talking and stuff. And so in all honesty, I'm expecting Kirby, if you're watching, you need to get on over here, okay? Get some of these Pike Road players to go play for the dogs. But here's the point I'm trying to make. Like th this little football program that's only been in existence for a few years and, and Coach Rigby who loves Jesus and the kingdom app impact he's, he's making there and uh, Patrick who pastors Century Church who serves at the chapel and these are a lot of young men who need Jesus. And, and, and serving when those strings attached is giving us a lot of opportunities now to just serve these young men and serve these coaches and, and not do it in a way where it's weird and not do it in a way where we try to make it about us. Just do it in a way where I say, hey, we're, we're just here to love. We're just here to help. We're just here to serve. And so we're, we're seeing God do some, some really awesome things. And it's just kind of fun to get to celebrate that, okay? So let me give you the last reason that we're doing all this stuff when it comes to community. If you're taking notes, slashing it right down today. We want to celebrate the stories of life change that will come, and here's the key phrase, in time. They'll come in time from doing this. A good farmer is not going to plant in the spring and then start complaining a month later that he doesn't have any crops. He understands that the harvest comes in the fall. There's time. So when we serve our community with no strings attached, we're praying that in time, there will be some stories of life change that happen from people who knew there was a church who loved them, and when they had a need, they turned to that church. Look at how Jesus ends the story. I think it's my favorite part of the story. And Jesus asked the question, which of the three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robber? The expert in the law replied, the man who had mercy on him. Here's my favorite part of the story. Jesus told him, and I put it in all caps, go and do Likewise, Did you know the point of the story of the Good Samaritan isn't actually the Good Samaritan? The point of the story is the expert in the law. That Jesus is telling him this story to motivate him to go and do the same thing that Jesus just illustrated for him in the story. See, if we read this story and listen to the story and we're inspired by the story, we think the story's great to read to children in the kid's Bible, but we don't ever do anything about the story, we're no better than the expert in the law. 
who was just trying to trip up Jesus that day. The point of the story, church, is that we go and do the same. And here's what I'm praying for. I'm praying that as we do that, that people who are hurting, people who are in need, listen, people who are facing storms are receptive to go, wait a second. I was on that campus for a band concert for my kid or or I was on that campus because our football bank was was there or, or that was the church that came and served my kids on this extracurricular and now they know who we are and they show up not to hear about a church but so that this church can point them to Jesus. Would you bow your head with me this morning? And what I want to do in our time of response is I just want to ask God to be faithful, to send people our way who we can celebrate their stories of life change, not because they encountered a church that served them with their strings attached, because they encountered a Savior, that they experienced salvation in and through. Our worship team is going to lead us in a song, and I really like this song. One of the things that this song says is that the goodness of God is running after me. You ever been chased down by the goodness of God? You ever tried to outrun the goodness of God? You ever done something that you felt removed you from being used by God and all God did was remind you that he's good and he's gracious and that Jesus is the one that got you into this relationship to begin with and he wants to actually still use you? You ever been chased down by the goodness of God? I know I have. You ever been reminded of the goodness of God and how God just keeps coming after us? I know I have. Do you know what I'm praying for in the next three to six months? Is that we get to hear some stories from the waters of the baptistry of someone who says, the goodness of God chased me down. And there was a group of people who he used to remind me of his goodness. And the future of their life is changed. They may be the person that God is going to use to change the future of their family tree. And we got to play a part in it. So as we pray this morning and as we respond and worship this morning, would you ask God, hey God, will you use me? I know what it feels like to experience the goodness of God. I know what it feels like for you to chase me down when I've wandered off the straight and narrow path. God, would you use me to help point someone else to a good, gracious God who wants the same for them? And so God, as we come to you now in prayer, that's our prayer. Use us. Flawed as we may be, imperfect as we may be, use us. And God, use us in a way that when people encounter us, when they encounter our church, they don't think, wow, what a great Christian. Or wow, what a great church. God, they think, wow, there must be a great God who really does love me. Because I'm experiencing that type of love from these people who, who claim to actually be a part of his people. And the God, by faith, I just wanna claim that in these next three to six months, we're gonna see that happen. We're gonna see people come to faith in Jesus Christ. We're gonna see them connected to our church family or another church family here in our community. And we're gonna see their future trajectory changed. And God, we're just asking you to pour out your spirit. God, we're asking you to do that in a way where you and you alone receive glory from it. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you're on our campus, would you stand with us as we respond in worship today?